This is Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call. Grab a beverage and listen while we peruse the news and catch you up on the digital marketing news you might have missed this past week. Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call is brought to you by Araxum News. Visit news.araxum.com. That's news.araxam.com to stay up to date on the latest digital marketing and MarTech news. It's updated daily. Subscribe today and never miss out. Now, on with the news. Facebook to enable users to control who comments on their posts. The New York Post is reporting that Facebook will let users customize their feed and give them control over who can comment on their public posts, the social media giant said last week. The company will also offer a feed filter bar that would allow users to switch between the algorithmic ranking of their feed or show content in the order it was posted. Users can manage the comments for any public post by choosing from options such as anyone who can view the post can comment or only people and pages they tag, Facebook said in a blog post. Ryan, this is an interesting change for Facebook because they have very tightly controlled everything for the longest time. And these sort of changes are showing that they're giving a level of control back to their users in terms of who they're allowing to comment. The feed filter bar is also another interesting thing because they very tightly controlled the news feed. And so now if they're going to open that up and allow you to, to turn off some of those algorithm features, it might be interesting to see the type of reach that posts on the platform get. This all comes as Facebook has faced a lot of scrutiny lately about censorship or the allowing of hate speech and things along that nature. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this leads to on this platform and where whether or not other platforms will follow suit. Yeah, it is interesting to see because Facebook, again, is sort of under the microscope, especially when it comes to privacy with Apple. And now with Apple, it's all the social media platforms, not just Facebook, but since Facebook is truly one of the biggest of the world, we're hearing a lot about that. So does this play in part to getting more visibility and giving more control at the same time to the user? This is definitely something to watch and monitor to see what the long-term effects of this are. But again, uh, really interesting to see some of the adjustments Facebook has been making recently. LinkedIn confirms it's working on a Clubhouse rival too. TechCrunch is reporting Clubhouse's list of competitors is growing. LinkedIn has now confirmed it's also testing a social audio experience in its app, which would allow creators on its network to connect with their community. Unlike the Clubhouse rivals being built by Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn believes its audio networking feature will be differentiated because it will be connected with users' professional identity, not just a social profile. In addition, the company has already built out a platform that serves a creator community, which last week has access to tools like Stories, LinkedIn Live Video Broadcasting, Newsletters, and more. And just last week, LinkedIn formalized some of its efforts in this area with the launch of a new creator mode that lets anyone set their profile as one that can be followed for updates, like stories and LinkedIn Live videos, for example. This focus on creators puts LinkedIn on competitive footing in terms of expanding its own clubhouse rival compared with other efforts by Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, or Discord, 
all of which have their own audio-based networking features in various stages of development at this time. Though Twitter's Clubhouse rival, Twitter Spaces, is already live in beta testing, its full set of creator tools have yet to arrive. In fact, it was only last month that Twitter announced its plans for a larger creator subscription platform via a new super follow feature, for instance, and only this year entered the newsletter space via an acquisition. Facebook, meanwhile, has historically offered a number of creator-focused features, but has just recently gotten invested in tools like newsletters. Anytime you have something new, like Clubhouse, and all of a sudden millions of people start to become part of it, it's been clear in history that other social platforms want to take what's the best of that new platform and incorporate it into their, their own. I think Facebook is notorious for doing that. And the fact that Snapchat is still here after what Facebook has done by taking various attributes from its stories and so forth and incorporating into its own platforms, now you're seeing Clubhouse absolutely have millions. And I, I believe it might even be over 10 million now users that are a part of it. And I don't believe up to this date, Clubhouse is on Android yet. It's just iOS which tells you something about the reach and engagement that Clubhouse is getting. So now to see all of these others trying to come up with an audio-specific feature, I think is pretty impressive, and it, it tells you how engaged users are with Clubhouse. So obviously, copying something that's working is nothing new, but it seems for whatever reason in the social media space, the competitors... Uh, seem to really get aggressive and try to, you know, put that new feature into their own. So we're seeing it a lot. I mean, you know, Twitter, I thought is pretty amazing with that because for a while there, it looked like Twitter was about to be dead. It just didn't seem like a lot was happening there. But all of a sudden, they seem to be extremely relevant. And I'm sure some people listen to this and say they've always been relevant. So, you know, Clubhouse, you're going to see little bits and pieces of it in all these different social networks, including LinkedIn. You know, Chris, I think seeing the success of Clubhouse in its very early stages, and it really came out in this pandemic era, uh, it's definitely something to note. Yeah, you've seen Clubhouse face a lot of criticism, right, in terms of whether or not it had staying power. And it's fascinating that all of these, you know, other tech companies that criticized Clubhouse and said that they didn't have that lasting power are all of a sudden creating Clubhouse clones or things that can compete with it. And it's interesting that this article notes that LinkedIn already has a very strong creator studio. And I think that is one of the strengths that LinkedIn brings to the table. Now, even though these companies are making this investment, does it mean that this stuff will stick around? Not necessarily. Do you remember when Periscope was all the rage several years ago and you don't hear about it anymore? The social media landscape is crowded, but that doesn't mean there isn't room for more to play. To me, what this really brings to you know back into focus is what is it that we're talking about here? We're talking about the distribution of content. And that's one of the things that is a mainstay on this podcast, content marketing and the benefits of creating your own forms of content and media and things like that. 
these platforms end up just being a distribution channel for it. And Clubhouse clones and the ability to distribute audio, I think it's a very powerful tool. I can't say which one of these will win because we don't have a crystal ball, but it's going to be fascinating to watch this battle and to see what really does end up having that staying power, because I think there's absolutely room in the space if the right creators of content join these platforms and they, they develop an audience that wants to listen to them. Most U.S. marketers ready to quit in the last year. Marketing Land is reporting some sobering data from a new Sitecore survey that an astonishing 59% of U.S. marketers considered resigning at least once in the past year, while 79% described the pandemic as the most challenging period of their career. These are the most sobering statistics in a new survey of 400 marketing professionals conducted by Advanus for digital experience platform Sitecore. The reasons behind the statistics are not hard to find. 80% said their responsibilities had significantly increased in the past year against a backdrop of pressure from management, unrealistic deadlines, and sharp changes in strategy. Interestingly, marketers also feel pressured by changes in consumer behavior. Based on a sample of 1,000 consumers, the survey found that no less than 70% of consumers will leave a website if they can't find they want within a few clicks. 65% have less patience with poor online experiences since the pandemic, and 42% report being less loyal to brands during the same period. The outcome of all this pressure and activity was not wholly negative. 81% of marketers felt that digital transformation had brought them closer to their customers. We're perhaps still too close to the events of 2020 to have fully assessed the impact on work environments and career paths. We're still struggling to comprehend the enormity of the health impact. There have been a lot of stories about digital transformation and the embrace of digital collaboration and engagement by marketing and other business teams will surely have long-term benefits, but there's been human cost along the way. And this is a very sobering survey here, Ryan, but I got to tell you, it's not surprising to me. We've been talking about it on the podcast for the last year. And while the pandemic has created a lot of challenges, being in the field of marketing, we're at the front and center of this. And what happens when you know, the world goes through a drastic change like this is you have some people disproportionately affected in that they have less work, right? A lot of folks lost their jobs during this or, you know, temporary layoffs, furloughs and things like that. And then disproportionately, some individuals were working harder than they had ever worked in their lives to try and adjust to the changes that were occurring in the world. And for those of us in the marketing profession, we found ourselves sitting right there at the forefront of it because businesses had to figure out how to make the shift in the digital transformation and how to serve this new consumer behavior. So whether you were super busy on the persona side of things, trying to figure out what the behaviors were and how your business could best suit them or whether it was on how to reach your audience based on the platforms that they were on or the types of behaviors they were exhibiting, or whether it was on the customer experience side of things, figuring out how to develop that customer experience from a marketing perspective. It was a lot of work and it was exhausting. However, the flip side of that is I think we've learned a lot in the last year. And I think this will prepare marketing professionals into the future for years to come as changes like this. I hate to say it, but it used to be these were once in a lifetime events. And with the pace of change, I don't know if that's the case anymore. No, change is, is always happening, especially in the marketing world. You know, kind of going back a little bit more about the amount of marketers are ready to quit in the last year. Industries were just annihilated, you know, in 2020. A lot of companies were barely hanging on. Hopefully in 2021, we're starting to see some come back. But we know, you know, maybe one in five, 20%, 25% of some of the mom and pops 
or permanently closed forever. So I can understand where some marketers would say, hey, you know, I'm ready to quit because when your company is losing money, advertising, marketing, public relations, communications, if you work in those areas, you're usually the first department that gets cut. So it makes it pretty obvious to see that. And I could see how they would, you know, be ready to quit. But looking back though, on that survey of a thousand customers, I'm sorry, based on that survey of a thousand consumers, they found that no less than 70% of consumers will leave a website if they can't find what they want in a few clicks. That's nothing that's new, but maybe this pandemic has put a little bit more of a magnifying glass on that. And customer experience is providing great customer experience is not nothing new. And if you don't do it, guess what? In a matter of seconds, that consumer is going to leave and they're going to go to another website who can find it. We had an episode with Jay Bear who talked a lot about this back in 2020. So if you haven't listened to that, please go back and uh, listen to Rewiring Customer Experience with Jay Bear. So a lot of this is interesting, but it all makes complete sense as we go through. And when you talk about customer experience, Google's getting ready to come out in May 2021 with a Google page experience that could give a boost to websites that follow along the requirements for having a good page experience. And we'll talk about that in an upcoming full-length podcast episode. However, in the short term, provide a good customer experience or those consumers are going to go somewhere else. That was a quick recap of some of the top news you might have missed this week. We'll leave you with this quote from Milton Hershey. Give them quality. That's the best kind of advertising. If you enjoy listening to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, please hit that subscribe button so you can effortlessly get that next episode downloaded on your phone. If you really like us, please give us a rating and a review. We truly appreciate it. This was Last Call. Thank you for listening. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.